This show is sponsored by IdealWorkspace.com, which promotes a healthier way of working through their adjustable standing desk. Check out their latest smart adjustable standing desk at Altizen.com. A-L-T-I-Z-E-N.com. Welcome to Analyze Asia, the podcast dedicated to dissect the pulse of business, technology, and media in Asia. In this episode, I speak to Alex Campbell, Managing Director of Zero in Asia, and his perspectives on the state of software as a service, aka SaaS in Asia. Hi, Alex. Hi, Bernard. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Fantastic, thank you. It's great to be here with you today. Yes, you're based in Singapore, right? I am indeed, yes. And I'm talking to Alex Campbell, Managing Director, Zero in Asia. Just as a out of interesting fact, for me, the Analyze Asia, our holding company, is actually using Zero for our accounting software. <laughs> I never get tired of hearing that. Yes, and probably, I, I think you didn't know this until we spoke a few minutes ago, right? No, but I was very glad to hear. Yeah, and the reason why I got you on board is because I think Zero has been making a couple of headlines across Asia Pacific and also talking about your view on SaaS, software as a service in Asia. So, but I want to get to know you better. Alex, how do you start your career? Yeah, sure. So if you go back to the very beginning, I actually started my career building what we would now call some of the first cloud-based web applications for big companies in Australia. So I was really passionate about technology at school and, uh, and went straight into that, that area and started building e-commerce stores and things like that for big companies in Australia and became really passionate about the technology, but also about the business applications for that technology and how the cloud and having these things move online could transform the way that those businesses ran and the way that the consumers interacted with those businesses. This is going back quite a long way. But yeah, it was just really exciting to be able to take applications and things that had always run on desktop computers and had been sort of siloed off and move those onto the web where they could become much more accessible and connected to customers and other things. If we sort of roll forward from there, so I spent quite a bit of time doing that and then I moved more into the business side of technology. And so I spent five years doing mergers and acquisitions work up here in Asia, all across Asia, looking at acquiring small technology consumers consultancies, professional services, businesses for a big advertising group. And I had this um, really interesting experience of meeting about 300 small businesses that we were looking to acquire and just in Jakarta and Saigon and Bangkok and Singapore and Hong Kong, really just going to chat with the owners of these small businesses, these um, technology consultancies and find out about their challenges and, and how we could help them. And we ended up learning a lot from that about the financial management challenges that small businesses in Asia have, just, just keeping track of what's going on in their business on a day-to-day basis. So we ended up acquiring uh, 12 of those companies, still found real financial management challenges, ended up moving them all to zero. All of a sudden, life became much easier in terms of managing those businesses because we could just see in real time what was going on without having to sort of dig through Excel files and old desktop accounting software databases. We could see what was going on in real time. So I became a big fan of zero and then had the opportunity to join zero to actually build the zero business in Asia, which was and has been an incredible privilege. And it's really exciting to be able to solve a problem for small businesses across Asia that you know I really experienced myself and have seen the the difference that can make in not just in the sort of performance of the business, but also, you know, if we can help make these small businesses successful, it has a, a really positive impact on their employees and the career prospects for their employees, for their customers, and for the communities in which they operate. And that's, that's what I became really passionate about over time. And that's what, what Zero is all about. 
And so through your job in m and you moved to join Zero. Is that how I understand it? That's right. Yeah. So I did so five years of, of m and work and then m and work and then managing the businesses that we bought, consolidating them up. And uh, so more of an operational role as well. From there, I jumped across to, to be uh, employee number zero at Zero in Asia. And since then, have been building the team, the Zero team in Singapore. So that was about 18 months ago that we started. And we now have about a Zero team of about 20 people in Singapore. hiring another 10 now so growing very fast so in your career journey given that you have seen the investment side to operational side and now running a regional expansion what are the interesting career lessons learned yeah i think one of the best pieces of advice i got when i first moved up to asia was be patient take a long-term view of things and so i've always kept that in mind and that's been a useful lesson for me, so I mean, anything that looks like an overnight success is usually at least several years in the making. And so I always keep that in mind. I found that being able to, you know, it's a real skill to be able to operate across different cultures. And one of the interesting things about being based in Singapore and having these regional remits is that you have to be able to, you know, do business in Hong Kong and in Indonesia and in Thailand and Vietnam and be able to adapt to those cultures and, and try and, you know, you can never fully understand probably as a foreigner, how they work, but just really try and understand as much as you can about their, their history and the culture and how you can adapt to that to be successful in those, in those places. So I've thought a lot about those things over the past five, six years. So we come to the main topic of the day, zero in Asia Pacific, and we'll talk a little bit about software as a service in Asia. I thought maybe as a good introduction, can you briefly introduce Zero as a company to my audience and at least discuss its vision and mission. Yeah, absolutely. So Zero was founded 11 years ago in New Zealand by uh, Rod Drury. And um, Rod had been an interesting character. He'd been a, an entrepreneur, he'd been a technology person, and he'd been an accountant. And so he had this experience of starting and selling um, a couple of businesses. And along the way, he'd become quite frustrated with the desktop accounting software that was available at the time. This is going back. 12, 13, 14 years ago. And he really felt, could see that small businesses were being held back by the fact that all of their financial data was locked up on desktop PCs. And so it wasn't that useful, the, the financial data, because it's either on the small business's computer or it's on their accountant's computer and they've got to constantly synchronize it and all of these things. And so Rod had the idea that you could build the world's first cloud-based accounting platform. So basically take the small business's financial information off the desktop put it into the cloud, and then all of a sudden, and build a beautiful user interface around that. Because accounting software had traditionally been built for accountants, so it was quite difficult and clunky to use, especially the, the desktop accounting software. So Rod had the idea, we take that um, small business financial information was on the desktop, move that into the cloud, build a beautiful user experience, user interface around that, that small business owners would want to use and make a daily part of their lives. And it would mean that small businesses and their accountants and their other advisors and their employees could collaborate on the financial and um, operational system of the business in the cloud from anywhere, anytime, all in any device, all in, all in real time. So that was the genesis of Zero. This is going back to 2006. In New Zealand, the business grew very quickly around the world and is now really, we see it emerging as the platform for small businesses. So still obviously accounting software is an important part of what underpins Zero, but more and more it's about actually being the platform that small businesses go to to manage their businesses across a whole lot of different dimensions. So not just accounting. And um, one of the really exciting things about having uh, about SaaS and having something like Zero running in the cloud is that we're able to connect up 
zero with other things through APIs, other applications, other services, and create seamless flows of information. And it's very, very powerful. So for example, we we spend a lot of time early on, we learned that obviously cash flow is critical for small businesses, right? Small businesses live or die on the cash flow. Rod and the team early on would follow around small business owners to do customer research and see what they would do when they woke up in the morning. And one of the things they saw was that most small business owners, the first thing they would do when they got into the office would be check their internet banking and see who's paid their bills overnight. And so they had the idea that why don't we connect directly to the bank to download that information automatically into zero every day. And then the small business owner could just bring up zero on their phone or on their their computer and know their cash position across all of their bank accounts and who's paid their bills and who owes the money and all be up to date as of that day. But because there is in the cloud, we were able to connect up with the banks in that way. So it's very, very powerful. It's much more about building an ecosystem of applications and services rather than building, you know, one piece of accounting software, if that makes sense. So what is your current role in coverage in Zero? Yeah, sure. So I'm the managing director for Asia at Zero. So technically Asia, as we've defined it, is about 45 countries from South Korea to all the way across Asia. But fundamentally, we're focused on a few key markets right now. So building out Singapore and Hong Kong are our priorities. Another one of the the lessons I've learned along my career is you should try to do the easier things first. So building Hong Kong and Singapore is, you know, it's a more straightforward environment to do business, more faster adopting of technology. And so we're, we're focused on Hong Kong and Singapore right now, but we've got customers in practically all of those 45 other countries that we include in our Asia business. Zero is an accounting as a service solution in web software. Can you elaborate more on what the product does and even tell us more about the services that have evolved? I know you talk about, like, for example, you do integration with banks to be able to get the financial statements. Can you talk more about what other things that you can actually do from there? Yeah, for sure. So the idea with Zero is that we would build Zero as this, what we call horizontal platform that works across all kinds of different industries. Because all kinds of different industries have fundamentally the same accounting needs. So we do all the things you would expect, invoicing, accounts receivable, bank reconciliation, all of the accounting functionality. And then what we've done is we've built some layers on top of that. And then we've opened up APIs so that other people can build applications on top of Zero as well. So we've built things like expense management within Zero. We've built uh, project management tools within Zero, And at the same time, we have more than 600 third-party applications that are built on top of Zero by third-party developers that do all kinds of things like financial reporting and payroll and point of sale. And that's really the, the power of the ecosystem. So we create this core platform and then other people build applications on top of that service, the specific needs of different kinds of small businesses, because the frontline applications that a cafe needs are very different than the frontline applications that a advertising agency needs. And so that's how we, we, we sort of solve that gap by creating this ecosystem of applications that we pull together as solutions for different kinds of small businesses. So I'm pretty curious because when I first encountered Zero, it was actually to an accountant who was actually helping my wife's small business doing accounting. And when I incorporated my company, I, it also makes it very easy for me to adopt. So one question to you is, how have you managed to get customers to shift from offline to online? And what's the onboarding process like for customers? Yeah, sure. Look, we'd like to think the onboarding process is extremely, extremely simple. We try and make it as simple as we can. What I found just from talking with small business owners all over Asia is that once you show them 
the Zero app on their phone and that that has their real-time financials, all their bank balances, all in one place, and they've never been able to see that information you know, current up until that day before. It's a pretty easy sell at that point. Now, the challenge we have as a SaaS business that you know, has become quite a big business, so we have 1.2 million customers, small business customers around the world, is we need to we need to be able to have that sales conversation at scale. And so a big part of what we do is actually working with accounting firms, helping them get set up on zero and helping them get their customers set up on zero. That gives us a natural channel into small businesses because one of the hard things about selling to small businesses is that there's a lot of small businesses and, and there aren't many natural marketing or sales channels into them. But accounting firms, you know, the average accounting firm might have a couple of hundred small business customers. And if we can sell to the accounting firm, they will sell to their customers and it becomes quite a scalable model. And that's how we've been able to, to grow so fast around the world. What's the current footprint of Zero in Asia Pacific? You talk about Hong Kong and Singapore. What other markets are you into now? Yeah, so Hong Kong and Singapore are primary markets. I mean, just to give you an idea of the scale of the business. So in the past 12 months to December 31, 2017 in Singapore, we processed $21 billion of transactions to our customers. So that's, well, it's that's about 7% of Singapore's GDP. And in Hong Kong, we processed $11 billion of transactions that we saw come through the platform. And so, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a material part of the economy that's already operating through zero in Singapore and Hong Kong. We kind of break down customer numbers outside of our, our main regions because we're, we're a public company. But I can tell you we've got a sizable customer base in the Philippines, sizable customer base in Indonesia, sizable customer base in Malaysia. You know, quite fast-growing customer sets in Thailand, Vietnam, and other markets around Asia. So because it's a it's a global SaaS product, you know anyone can sign up uh, anywhere. But what we're what we're really focused on is building the the platform in the core markets of Singapore and Hong Kong. Do you find that you need to localize the product, for example, in terms of languages? Yeah, so there's certainly language is one issue. The other thing is that accounting software, almost by definition, is one of the hardest things to localize because every country has different tax rules. I'm trying to think of another application, another uh, application, you know, uh, even an iPhone is you know pretty much the same across every single market. But accounting software, you do have to do some localization to fit in with the local tax rules. So we're working through that. But again, Singapore and Hong Kong are quite straightforward in their tax in their tax systems and quite similar to other markets like Australia, New Zealand, the UK, where Zero has been very successful and where we've built the product for those markets. I want to switch a conversation to us talking a little bit about SaaS. As Zero is focused on small and medium businesses, and I hear you talk to a lot of small and medium businesses. What are the main challenges in Asia as you have observed with the customers? The main challenges in Asia, as we've observed with the customers, I think the, the challenge again is really reaching them at scale. And so, you know, we sell zero for you know, your customers, you know, you know, we sell zero for sort of 30 or 40 US dollars a month, flat rate per small business. We can't really have salespeople go out door to door selling to them one by one, the economics of that just don't work. And so the biggest challenge we have is building a distribution model, a scalable model to actually reach small businesses at scale. And so that's that's where our partnerships with the accounting firms come into play. It's where our partnerships with the banks come into play. And also our partnerships with the, the people who build their third-party applications on top of zero. So the, the payroll companies, the point of sale companies, they all have small business customers and they can help us get those customers set up on zero. So those are the kind of customer acquisition dynamics of SaaS that we, we think a lot about. It's, it's how much does it cost to acquire a customer versus the lifetime value of that customer and making that into a, an efficient, scalable, long-term model. 
as I said, we've, so we've got to the point where Zero's got um, 1.2 million customers globally. So we've, we feel like we've found a good model for that, which we're now applying in Asia. So I think this is one interesting point. I mean, probably like two, three years ago, I hear some of the local SaaS companies always complain that it's actually very hard to onboard small and medium businesses to use SaaS services. I guess today, I think the SaaS service ecosystem is far more established. How do you think in terms of small and medium businesses are responding to SaaS services? Do you foresee more and more shift from offline to online? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so obviously there's, there's this generational aspect to it, right? So the young, younger generations in every market uh, have grown up on, on Facebook and Amazon and their whole world more or less living in the cloud. Older generations, maybe not so much. But I think when people see the power of having their information accessible to them from any device, anywhere, anytime, have it always be up to date, have all of their applications talking to each other, it starts to become a fairly easy sell. They, they just see the benefits of that. They think less about the fact that it's in the cloud and they, they, they start, some of the security issues they might have worried about in the past you know, start to fade away. And what they focus on is the benefits they get from that. And, and, that's, and that's really what's, what's key. So, so I think uh, maybe going back sort of three or four years, there was a lot of concerns about security and things like that. But you know, what, what we've seen is you know, as we've had all of these ransomware attacks on desktop PCs and things like that, what you start to realize is that data stored in the cloud is actually, I believe, much safer than data stored on a desktop PC. You know, with Zero, we've got bank-level two-factor authentication. We've got a very secure environment to keep the data on the cloud, whereas a, a desktop PC is actually not that, not that secure because it could have viruses, software updates haven't been installed. So we're actually trying to take people on that journey, help them to understand that the safest place for their data is actually in the cloud. So I think in this conversation, we have actually talked about the ability of scale. One important part of scale, other than creating an ecosystem where you get the accounting firms to help you distribute the software, you also have to do strategic partnerships. And as I understand, you have done a couple of strategic partnerships, for example, with DBS. Can you talk a little bit about how strategic partnerships actually help assess business such as Zero to grow in the region? Yeah, definitely. So th those partnerships really operate on two levels. So one is the functional level where um, we connect with, we create a secure connection between Zero and the bank to download that bank statement every day and have it automatically imported into Zero so that the financials in Zero are always up to date. So that's the sort of functional level. And then we're building things on top of that so you can take your, your, your bills that you have to pay within zero and push them back into DBS for approval seamlessly with just the click of a button. And so that's, that's one level. And then beyond that, there's more about, I think what banks see is that small businesses that run on zero, that run on the cloud, actually we can prove from our 1.2 million customers, they stay in business longer, they transact more, they're more profitable, they're more likely to buy banking services. And so it's a very natural partnership for the banks to, for banks to help us get, custom, get their customers onto zero for all of those uh, reasons. The most exciting kind of next frontier of all of this is once we've got small businesses at scale in Asia running on zero, it solves a very big problem for the small businesses and for the banks, which is it's quite hard for banks to lend in general to small businesses. 
especially in Asia where the quality of the financial accounts might not be very good. What we're doing with Xero and connecting directly to the banks to get the bank statements every day means that we end up with this really high integrity, real-time financial data that small businesses can then take to the bank and use that to apply for a loan. We believe, or what we've been what we've been piloting is that that should allow the banks to offer access to debt capital for small businesses that those small businesses may not have been able to get, or they may not have been able to get on as 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 good of terms. And and that's probably the most exciting thing that we're working on. Because if you think about what what really constrains many small businesses from being able to grow and create jobs, is actually getting access to the capital they need to grow. And if we can create high quality, uh, transparent financials that the banks can rely on to to lend against, then we can really help small businesses get access to that capital, which is super exciting for us. Just one last thought to this. So where do you see SaaS growing in Asia Pacific? Do you think that there will be more integration with a lot of different platforms or would it be just that there are a whole array of services that small and medium businesses choose, pick and choose to use them? So we truly believe in the, in the power of the ecosystem. And so you know, one of the great things about SaaS and having applications running in the cloud is that we can open up APIs and we can have all of these different applications and services talk to each other. And that's, that's just so powerful. And so I would see a world where small businesses piece, bring together different applications and services in the cloud that they need to run their business, but that those applications all talk to each other. So it's less about fragmentation. It's more about bringing those things together and having data flow seamlessly from, for example, you know, in the case of a cafe, to have, if you think about what a cafe needs to run their business, right, they need a point of sale system, they need an employee scheduling and time tracking system so they can pay casual staff. They need a payroll system so they can pay those staff. They need accounting software so they keep track of their financials. They might need inventory software if they have inventory. And so what we're really trying to do at zero is convene an ecosystem for that small business. That means all of those applications connect together seamlessly. And that's really what it's all about. So not so much a SaaS landscape that becomes increasingly fragmented, but one that becomes increasingly connected. And with that... Conclusion, Alex, many thanks for coming on the show. And I would actually, in closing, ask you two more questions. First question is, can you recommend a book, podcast, movie, or something that has recently impacted your work and or personal life? So the books that have probably have the, had the most influence on how I, I think about the world and think about business has probably been Nassim Taleb's books, Fooled by Randomness and The Black Swan. And just these ideas around how the world is much more random than we think it is, and we need to understand that that randomness and be able to adapt to it. So that's that's something that I think about a lot. And I also recommend uh, Anti-Fragile as well. So my last question is, how can my audience find you? So I'm on Twitter at, at Alex J. Campbell, and I'm on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash Alex J. Campbell. So yeah, we'd love to connect with any small businesses in Asia or accounting firms or people who are interested in SaaS and continue the conversation there. You can find me at Bernard Leung or at bernardleung.com. Subscribe to us at Analyze Asia, A-N-A-L-Y-S-E Asia. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Acast and Google Play in the US market. Tweet to me, give me your feedback, recommendations on Overcast or give me a five-star rating on iTunes. So once again, Alex, thank you for coming on the show. A pleasure. Thanks so much for having me, Bernard.